The Reinvent You podcast is designed to provide tangible advice that will help transform those who have experienced a divorce or a breakup into rediscovering their voice, regaining their power, and obtaining their freedom by focusing on mindset, emotions, finances, health, faith, love, parenting, and building meaningful relationships. These weekly talks are designed to assist individuals to become the best version of themselves in their personal lives, families, and professional environment. I'm your host, Tanya Carter, and thank you for joining. What's going on, everyone, and welcome to episode 24 of the reinvent you podcast i'm your host tanya carter and thank you all for joining me this week and so um a few episodes ago i talked about the importance of needing a team when you are going through a divorce because there are many sides of going through a divorce and um i'm an advocate of believing that anything that we go through, no matter what it is, it needs to be planned successfully. And that's including you detaching yourself from your previous relationship. And so, yes, it was episode 11 of my podcast. I talked about um, one of the things that I had discussed about being presented with getting a divorce is that we got to take it seriously. We have to take this thing seriously. And one of those things that we can take it seriously or how we can take it seriously is by getting educated. And I mentioned that you needed a team. You needed a team. And one of those players may include you having to get a lawyer to guide you on or guide you through the legal side of things. And so today, because I'm not a lawyer and I get a lot of DMs about the, the legal side of things and that is a that's a lane that I don't really operate in because I'm not I'm not able to however I do know people in that industry that are dope at what they do and so today I got my girl here I got my boo here okay like this is my girl um her name is Drea Harvey and Drea is a phenomenal lawyer of um Harvey Law Practice Okay, in Chicago. And I met Drea, I want to say, I think in it's either 2016 or 2017. I met her. Um, we were both a part of a um, personal development community. And we just clicked. We clicked because, number one, we both from the South. <laughs> and um, we, we both, um, you know, were, were preacher kids. And we just, we just kind of kicked it off from there. Um, wonderful personality personality just an amazing person that I'm so grateful to call a friend and um just a little bit about Drea Drea does practice in family law okay and that includes divorce that includes custody that includes child support um parenting and even matters post a divorce so Drea is that girl that if you're going through a divorce or you need a parenting plan or Anything in that family law range, she is the girl that you need on your team. And so without further ado, let me stop talking. Oh, let me say something else about her. Hold on. I got one more thing. She received the distinction of top 100 lawyers for the National Black Lawyers Association in 2015, 2016, and 2017. And she was also recognized as the top 10 best attorneys in client satisfaction from the American Institute of Family Law Attorneys in 2016 and 2017. And she was also selected as a top 40 under 40 attorney by the National Advocates Association in 2016 and 2017. Okay. So she's somebody that you need. All right. The girl got it together. All right. So without further ado, Drea, thank you so much. I'm so excited that you're here. <laughs> thank you. I always love when I do stuff and I listen to my bio because I'm always like, man, I really did do that stuff, huh? 
Look, and I didn't even go over everything. So this is just something I put off her website real quick. But Drea got it going on. I couldn't leave that out, girl. Uh-uh. Oh gosh, it's so funny. I sit there and I listen to my bio and I listen to it like I'm like I'm an audience member. <laughs> yeah, that's gotta me. be reminded, you know? <laughs> gotta be reminded. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's me. And I'm and I'm so glad that you mentioned that we met in a personal development group because that is um, so important. And, and I know that your listeners know that you've done the work, but you know, you have really done the work. And even when we were, we had just met those years ago, I think it was, like you said, 20, 2017, um, around that time period, you were already working on yourself and then you joined the personal development group because you were really focused, well, we were, you know, um, and still are really focused on being better people and you really got down to the nitty gritty. So, you know, just just kudos to you and and applaud to you and just, you know, a high five to you for your listeners to know that we've all done the work. We've all engaged in doing the work and like you said that work does sometimes involve a team of people from a personal development standpoint but also sometimes from a legal standpoint so it's perfectly you know it makes sense to have me on you know the podcast to talk about this angle of going through a divorce oh absolutely um there's so many different um things to consider and um you know one of those things were having a lawyer Now, I'm going to speak for myself and say I didn't get one. And my reason was because everything was really uncontested. Is that the right word? See, look at me trying to use words. See, that's why y'all need a lawyer lawyer, because I'd be okay. So we actually agreed upon everything, which made it like a lot more easier. But that's not a lot of people's situation. Mm -hmm. And so this is why knowing like I need this player on my team. And that's why I wanted to bring someone who was skilled and, you know, at what they do and also lead from a place of care. Because that's important when you're going through this time is that it is a very sensitive time and everybody sometimes don't lead from that place of compassion. And so that's why I wanted to bring Drea on to just kind of shed some light, you know, and answer some common questions um, that many people have and many listeners want to know. Um, And one of the things that really stuck out to me is what to expect, like when going to court, like what is that expectation and and what does that look like? Because um, sometimes when you are going through that process, emotionally, you you bring yourself into it. Um, And when it comes to the legal side of things, I think there and and you can just make sure that you, you let me know. But I think that when you're going to court. It's really about the facts in many sure. cases, in many cases, I would say. And so my question is, what are some things um, that people can do like to get themselves prepared? Like what are some common, simple things that people can do? Yeah, you know, I think that when you are, you've reached that point where you decided to get a divorce, right? And so you are accepting of the fact of where your marriage is. And so now you need to understand what that all means. And that is when I suggest that you reach out to an attorney. Now, you know, let's just take it all the way back. And so you, you can say, okay, I want an attorney. What attorney do I want? You know, so a lot of people, I always take it for granted. And I understand that because I'm an attorney, I went to law school. I just naturally know lawyers. Like they're just kind of just in my Rolodex. That's, that's not a thing for me. But what I do recognize is that uh, a lot of people don't have that, you know, situation where they can just pick up the phone and they know exactly what lawyer to call. So from there, I would say to get, you know, your trusted people, reach out to people that you know who maybe have gone through a divorce. Or on the other hand, if you don't even want to do that, do your own research to look for an attorney. And when you're looking for an attorney, you want to um, make sure that, and this is just my opinion, that you hire someone that their focus is family law, 
right? So all of the time when I have cases, it is a different situation when I'm dealing with an attorney that's familiar with family law or when I'm dealing with an attorney who's doing a favor for a friend, right? And so um, nothing wrong with either one. They're both lawyers. They're both skills. But when you're talking about something like family law, uh, you want to get someone who that is their focus. Now, I'm not saying that if they do family law and personal injury, family law and real estate, family law and employment or whatever, that you shouldn't hire that person. But I want you to make sure that you hire someone where their focus in whatever area of law they do is also family law. Um, just so happened with my practice, that is 90% of my practice is solely focused on family law. And so first, you know, you, you want to look for someone. So that's what you want to look for when you're looking for an attorney. After that, you're going to speak to that person. Um, and this is a skill that you pick up as an attorney. But when you go in for your consultation and to have that conversation with that person, you're going through so many emotions. And so I often encourage people to write down your questions. Really, before you go in, write down your questions. Now, if you, I've had people come in with 15 questions and I'm able to answer three of them because some of those questions, it's a classic, it depends. But at least um, you will have gotten your questions out and you can see whether or not you were satisfied with that attorney, their response, and maybe it doesn't work. You know, there have been people that met with me and I figured out that they wouldn't be a good match for me and they go on to another attorney. Um, and then, you know, maybe you meet with that attorney and you speak with them and you're satisfied with them and you go ahead and move forward with them. So it's not just, you know, you have to understand that you're going into a situation and, and it's a business just like any other. So um, there's going to be an element of salesmanship, you know, mm. um, an element of selling, but you do want to make sure that you're hiring someone that's skilled um, that you believe is skilled and able to help you with what you're trying to go through. Um, of course, it helps with the recommendation. But if you're just going in cold, um, those are some things that you should look for and some mm. things that you should do to prepare. Mm. That's good. That's that's no, that's really good because there are many different areas on where people can practice law. And so having that person who specializes in family law, like those are the people who are always studying, keeping up with, you know, the latest, just they're the person who, who, who has the best advice based upon what it is you're going through. Now, I've had people ask me um, this question, like, when would it be considered necessary to get a lawyer? Like, um, are there any other alternatives, maybe such as mediation? Like, what? When is it time to say, you know what, I, I need to get an attorney? So, you know, I think that that is not a question for me to necessarily answer. Okay. That's more a question for them. So uh, I'm going to use a practical example, and I hope it kind of makes sense for your users. I am what you would consider a pretty big DIY person. Myself and my husband, we're both DIYs. So if there's something that we want to get done, you know, we're going to do some research. We're going to look on YouTube, watch a couple videos and see other people kind of working through it and see if that's something that's to our skill level. Right. And um, I was recently working on I had decided on this project for my backyard that I wanted to do. And um, I went to YouTube and looked it up. I was two minutes into a 10 minute video and I realized that that was way over my skill level. I literally knew that that was over my skill level. So I would say the same thing when it comes to going through divorce. At what point do you need to? When you reach a point where whatever it is that you're facing is over your skill level. So this is no diss to those who choose to handle it themselves because the legal process is completely available to people to handle it themselves. However, um, there are times when you really need an attorney and I've sat in court and listened to people and I'm just like, oh, babe, you're missing this stuff. Like, so what, what, you know, what, I want to ask you, like, what gave you, because you're, you're, you're the attorney, so you're looking at mm -hmm. it from that lens. Like, when you see that, what gave you the idea that they needed one? Like, what were some of the things that kind of made you believe, like, I wish they would have came more prepared and 
allowed mm-hmm. themselves to, to get an attorney? One of the big things that trips people up is just the paperwork, just the paperwork itself, just okay. filing the paperwork, just drafting the appropriate documents, drafting the documents appropriately and knowing what to ask for, but also knowing how to ask for it. So you have those situations where people are, um, you know, again, self-represented, pro se litigants, and um, they're pro se litigants, they're self-represented, and really what happens is they're trying to fill out the paperwork, they're trying to do things, and they're trying to ask for something, but they don't know how to ask for it. So I have seen situations where people come to court and they have a valid thing that they're asking, but they don't know how to petition the court appropriately. And so what happens is they know what they're asking for, but they didn't ask for it appropriately. And then they get to court and the judge says, you can't do that that way. And their thought process is, oh, that judge is not giving me what I asked for. But that's not it. The judge is not there to interpret. The judge is not there to give you legal advice. The judge is not there really to um, assist you in what you're asking for. What the judge is there is to interpret what you've given to them to see if you've done it correctly. Mm. And so many times people miss out on what they're asking for because they didn't ask for it the right way. Mm, Okay. So I get it. So, and that's very good to know is that the judge is not the lawyer. So it's good to have all your paperwork in order and just and just really knowing what you need. Okay, so no, no, that's really good. Um, so let's let's just say if a person is unable to get an attorney, um, what are the resources is out there? Um, I've had people ask me that question um, due to financial reasons. So. Is it, are there any other alternatives that you know of that will that someone else can use um, to help them, just even with the paperwork part? Yeah, absolutely. So most, well, everything is different now in the age of COVID, but most courthouses have a law library located in the courthouse. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're not physically in the courthouse they're usually like down the street or in a location where it's very accessible to people and in the courthouse in the courthouse library there are all sorts of resources um templates computers that you can use printers that you can use depending on where you are it's probably the cost to it you know a couple cent per page or 10 cent per page but um, you can access the law library and, it, and at the very least, you have the information at your fingertips that you need. Um, I've used the law library myself. You know, there is information there. You just need to know how to, to look for it. But if someone wants to spend their time, they can definitely go to most law libraries in, like I said, in the courthouse. They're usually located in the courthouse or very much nearby. And they can get information. Also, at the courthouse, there's usually a clerk. And that's the person that stamps your paperwork and you go in and it's it's all kind of intimidating. There are long lines and stuff like that. But usually you can ask the clerk, hey, where's the law library? Do you guys have templates that I can use? Do you have a packet? I know in Cook County where I practice, they do. They absolutely do. Go up to them and say, can I have a packet? And that's probably 10, 15 pages of different templates and information that's available for you that you can get directly from the clerk's office. In this age of COVID, um, I know that a lot of things have been have changed, but a lot of our courthouses and our court systems are pretty sophisticated, and some of that stuff is online. So, um, you know, you can search online and look for a template or look for a packet or something like that. Mm, yeah, I um, that's actually good because I know when I went through my divorce. Um, and at that time I was in DeKalb County in Georgia. You could actually download the paperwork online. And so, um, and, and, and do it from there. Okay. So, um, let me ask you a question about the relationship with a person. And when they have their lawyer, does that relationship matter? Like that you have with your lawyer? So I know you mentioned that, um, what are some things I know you mentioned that they needed to 
specialize in family law, but um, would it be good? Because one of the things that I do tell my clients um, is that, you know, they, they do need to go get a lawyer depending upon their situation. I do make that as a recommendation. But would it be good to ask a lawyer certain questions about themselves to see if they're a good fit? Because, I mean, you're bringing somebody in your life and telling them your business and, you know, you're just kind of opening up to a very emotional part of your life um, to some degree, especially when you're going through a divorce. So do you believe that that relationship matters, right, between the lawyer and the, um, and the individual? To a certain extent, but I will tell you, I'm pretty private and most of my clients don't know much about my personal life. Um, and I keep it that way on purpose because um, I don't believe that they, that it's relevant. I think it's really important that um, you know that they have the skill level. The personal relationship, maybe not so important. There are some attorneys, obviously, just because of statistics in life that have been married, but also been divorced who are married, um, who've never been married before, and just all types of scenarios. But I think it's important that you get someone with the right skills. Um, that personal part of the relationship, that's just my, not my personal preference, but maybe for someone else, you may feel better, you know, and more comforted working with an attorney that has... Um, working with an attorney that has been through a divorce or working with an attorney who has dealt with parenting issues, you know, and that type of stuff. So I think that it's important that, um, you know, you get someone that works for you, not necessarily maybe that, um, into their personal lives or whatever. I got, I just kind of cringe a little bit when, um, because I have had consultations and people start getting into my personal life and I always very much cut it off because I'm just like, okay, this is not about me. This is about you. This is your particular situation. Um, and so I think that that is probably the least important thing that you should be concerned about when you're going through a divorce. Um, maybe, you know, if there's a list of 10 things, you know, make sure that one maybe is number 10. But I wouldn't put that at the top of the list. Um, now, I can definitely understand uh, preferring a certain gender, you know, preferring a man attorney versus a woman attorney, um, a black you know, even getting into uh, color, maybe, you know, that's important to you to have a black person representing you. So they understand, you know, some of those issues and nuances. So I can definitely understand that aspect of it. But um, in terms of the personal life part, um, yeah, I don't, I don't really think that's that important. Okay. Okay, good. Um, let me ask you a question. I have another question that I wanted to ask. What, what if the other party doesn't want to sign the papers like will that delay the process um I've gotten that question quite a few times just from people that I'm I can't really give that answer to because I'm that ain't my lane of course but when someone doesn't if, if they're refusing to do their part in this divorce proceeding process what is the Will that delay everything or can they not get a divorce because this person refuses to sign? Or is that a case by case? I mean, like what is. Well, it, it, it does depend. But what I can say is on one hand, it can delay the process in the, in the sense of like, if you don't have someone cooperating, you didn't have to go in another angle to you know, proceed without them. And that process in and of itself does take time. But ultimately, no one, at least not in Illinois, you know, I can't speak for other states, but at least not in Illinois, no one can stop specifically a divorce. A person can be defaulted. Um, and what happens when you get defaulted, that basically means that you knew about it and you chose not to participate. So that can, that is ultimately what can happen when a person just says, well, I don't want to participate. And I have had cases where these people are well aware. I had a guy, he knew everything. He never came to court. He just was like, I don't want no parts of this. And so I defaulted him. Now, had he been participating, it would have probably taken a shorter time period. Right. But because he didn't participate, I had to go through the efforts of defaulting the guy. I had to do some additional discovery. There were some steps that I had to take. But 
it's very rare that a person can like stop a divorce. Um, and I have had some scenarios where, you know, I had one case where this guy just, you know, he was just was like, he was participating, but he was the most stubborn. I mean, and I remember when, um, my former client came in and she's like, Oh, he's, you know, he's extremely stubborn. I'm like, Oh, I've seen stubborn before, but he definitely took the cake. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's still, it was still possible and they still got divorced. You know what I mean? So even despite the digging of the hills and the complications and all that kind of stuff, it can be done. But there are scenarios where people are very like difficult and they try to make things hard and they just, they literally are just like, I'm not here for this. I'm not here to make your life easier. I'm here to make your life harder. And they go out of their way to do that. But also understand that judges see that, judges know that, and it doesn't usually go well for that person. So mm. they can be stubborn all they want, and they can not participate all they want, but they are like enemy number one to the judge. Because what happens is the judge starts to see that we have this one person that's really doing everything they're supposed to do, that's participating in the legal process, that's being agreeable when it comes to parenting time, and they see this other person just being difficult. And when you're difficult, judges are not here for you. They're people just like everybody else. And they're like, look, this person over here is doing the right thing. I'm not going to make their life difficult. But you, you person that's, that's, that's being difficult, oh, I'm about to make life difficult for you. Because you think that you run the show, but you don't. And Ooh, so, that's um, so good. That's so yeah. good because that actually was one of my questions on what should a person avoid staying or doing in court? What should they avoid? Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. how you show up really does matter. Oh, yeah. How you show up absolutely matter. You have to think about it. Even in the age, um, you know, especially before when we were literally going to court and you're in front of the judge for a we call it status. If it's not a hearing, it's status. Um, you're in front of the judge for five to seven minutes, right? That's it. Oh, that's <laughs> five it. Five to seven minutes. Okay, okay. It, because they got a, a lot of people. So you're in front of them for that short period of time. And you're trying to get in there, update the judge as to what's going on, turn in whatever needs to be turned in, you know, just, just apprise the court of what's happening, right? And somehow people manage to clown in five minutes. How, how do you do that? <laughs> that? That's like, that's a skill. And so what happens is mm. judges are human, just like anybody else. Right. They're going, here you go, you dealing with, you got 90 cases on your call and everybody's da 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 And then the things they fit. And now the judge is like, okay, who is this person messing up my rotation? Like, what what's going on? So now they're irritated, right? Now they're like, okay, now you in here clowning. Now you making my call long. Now I have to fuss. I don't even want to be here. I don't want to deal with this. Now I'm upset. So now you don't get what you want because now I'm mad. You know, so it's important that you do what you're supposed to do. People make them make life so much difficult when they don't do what they're supposed to do. Now, am I saying that every judge is like, you know, the best and unbiased? And I'm not saying that even as an attorney, as I sit here, I know that that's just human nature. But I think it's important when you're in a situation and scenario where someone could be making a decision for your life. And the reason why I say could be, I'm going to come back to that. You're dealing with someone that could be making decisions for your life. You, you, you know, you might want to kind of walk the narrow path and, and, and just do what it is that you're supposed to do. Now, just going back to what I said about them could making decisions for your life. Judges have the power to make decisions, but you don't have to give that power away. So just think about parenting agreements in general. Mm -hmm. Judges, if you have two parents that agree on everything that has to do with their kids, no judge is going to come in and mess that up. They, they're not going to say, oh, no, instead of every other week, I, should, I think it should be every week. No, right. because that's <laughs> something that you all have agreed to. But when you don't agree on certain things, parenting time or what have you, when you don't agree on those things, mm -hmm then that's when the judge has to make the decision. That's when they have the power to make those decisions. And and remember, if they are empowered to make those decisions, they're going to remember the person that cut up and clowned in five to seven minutes. 
So everything goes in the pot. Everything goes in the pot. Ah, oh, that is so good because it just kind of goes into, um, like guys, if you didn't check out episode 11, I talked about having a team. And so, you know, Drea is one of those team players, but then you also have that, that coach and therapist you need to help mitigate those emotions because divorce is an emotional process. And so when you're going in court, you can bring those emotions in there. Um, you know what I'm saying? Unconsciously because of the relationship that you have with your, your, your spouse. And so, and, and I love that you said that knowing that we still have the power and that shows the importance of when you are in a good headspace, or if you're able to move your feelings aside for you both to really have an agreement to say, okay, let's not let the judge decide, let us decide. So that way we can have more control because the more we disagree, the more the judge is going to have to come in and make the decision because the two people that are involved are unable to. Is that kind of like what you're saying in some degree, Drea? No, that's yeah, absolutely what I'm saying. Um, you know, you have more, way more power than you realize people are empowered. Now, I'm not saying that you should just lay down and agree to something that you don't agree with because if you don't agree with it, then that's fine and you have right. a right to fight for your position. But just remember, they also have a right to fight for their position too. So, um, you know, we have a tendency to get stuck in our rightness. And um, and then at the same time, we're like, man, why is this taking so long, you know? <laughs> so people are like, I want this to be over, but they also don't agree on everything. And so I always find that really interesting because we don't prolong divorces. You know, I don't. Um, I love my clients, but I don't love them so much that I just keep them around me just for fun. Right. Um, and so the reason why we're still here outside of uh, COVID, because, oh, my gosh, I just threw everything off. But the reason why we're still here is because there hasn't been an agreement. And because you haven't had an agreement, that means that we have to petition the court to do something on your behalf and therefore that means that um, we're asking the judge to agree with our position as opposed to the other person's position you know what I mean oh no that's that is really good so it kind of helps me say okay the judge is like he got five minutes five to seven minutes with you so it's all about what that judge's main focus is based upon the information so that can be assets liabilities child support mm-hmm custody and spousal support and things of that nature so right. uh, wow that's okay and I want to offer this um to people uh, I don't know if we're going in this direction um to talk go about the parents what I want to mention about parenting time when um judges have to make decisions when it comes to the parenting stuff a lot of times we um are very caught up in the right now, in the right now, what's working right now today. And any parent, I know your your children, they're so much bigger than what they were when I when I first met them. Those children are going to grow. And so the reality is what was okay for them when they were six or seven or two or three years old is not going to be the same when they get 13 or 14 years old. Um, and when they get a little older, and so a lot of times judges are making decisions, not necessarily for the right now, but for the long haul. And so a lot of times people don't understand, well, gosh, why would a judge do that? But a judge is like looking at it from a longer perspective. At least that's what they should be doing, right? And so the judge is like, all right, this is what they want today, but on a long-term basis, on a long-end basis, what is the best thing to do? Because I don't want these people coming back to my courtroom <laughs> clowning in their five to seven minutes. <laughs> right. Mm, wow. So let's just say you do have that parenting plan. And um, one person is re- resistant to following it or the as far as like not allowing them to see the kids or even the other person not seeing the kids like they should. Or maybe the other parent feels like, you know what, the environment that my kids are in isn't a healthy or safe environment. Is that something that they need to go and revisit? 
Um, or do you recommend them at least talking to the parent first to see if they can come up with their own solution? Um, I see that a well, lot, Drea. <laughs> and so it's oh like, yeah, I see it a you lot. Know you know, yeah. I yeah, I see it a lot of times, and often the parenting plan that is drafted in court is not the one that people end up following. You know what I mean? It's just not the one because once they get to court. And once they leave court, they're like, all right, okay, now it's over with. Let's do it this way, you know. And so the parenting plan, I tell people all the time, is not etched in stone or etched in concrete. So if the two of you agree on a change, then you can agree to that change. But the way that the parenting plans are actually usually designed there is room for improvement. There is room for um, you to improvise. There's room for you to make changes based on life. Now, of course, there are some people that will follow that thing to the letter of it. And that's okay. That, that's what works for them. That's what works for their child. But I also think that both parents should understand and realize that you're going to have to be flexible. There's going to be weddings. There's going to be funerals. There's going to be family reunions. There's going to be special graduations and things like that that come up. And you're going to have to make changes. Now, when you get to a situation where somebody maybe feels um, something is unsafe, then I absolutely think when it comes to safety versus um, just a general discomfort or something like that, you definitely should address that in the courtroom, you know, um, as soon as you, you have that concern. But if we're talking about a simple change, uh, can we change Wednesdays to Thursdays? Can we change it first and third to second and fourth? You know, that type of stuff. Those are things that you can come together on. Now, if you can't come together on it, because I know I, I like feeling in my spirit. Somebody's going to be listening to this and be like, girl, I ain't coming together. <laughs> we ain't coming together. We can come together. We can be in this situation, right? So, if you don't feel like there's something that you can come together on, then absolutely go back to court. But just understand that you're still involving yourself in the process. So you can't have one without the other. So that's the only thing I, I, I want people to get from this. You can absolutely come to an agreement and not require the court. But if you all don't come to an agreement, you're going to have to be back in court. And sometimes that's an inevitable part of the process. So it's going to be a part of the process that you don't like, but it can ultimately get you to where you're trying to be. Um, I know people, I look at um, people that come to me like the dentist. You know what I mean? Nobody like really be excited to go to the dentist. It's like you go just because you need to or you're having some kind of pain. That's what attorneys are there for. You know, you're at a pain point and we're there to help, you know, alleviate that pain point. Mm, no, that's no, that's really good. Um, because those are the things that, when it comes to the parenting part or the co-parenting part, um, that that seems to be a challenge for many people. And I'm definitely going to say that, just from a divorce coaching standpoint, what I see is a lot of emotion is still involved from the marriage or the relationship that kind of spills into the relationship as parents. And so learning how to separate the two is going to be your game changer. I would definitely, and I'm going to safely say, I don't co-parent. I parallel parent. I don't like it. Um, but I believe that based upon our dynamic, it just is the best solution. Um, but I am very, I'm, I'm an advocate for co-parenting if that works for your life and if you can avoid the, the, the conflict that's there as much as possible because no one wants to keep having to go to court. The judge don't even want to see you like that. So that goes to show that, you know, that's a lot of time and energy and not to mention money that you could be spending on other things if you just allow yourself to really maybe just put the child first and be flexible. Like, like you said, the, the, the flexibility is the main thing. If Communication is an issue, um, and I don't know how deep they go with the parenting plan based upon dealing with an attorney. Um, I know for me, I text if I need to, and I'm very minimum to my texting. Um, um, would it be safe to say that 
is that the type of stuff that people can have to use um, to show that they're attempting to communicate, not getting a response, not getting anything? Like, I think, uh, how can I put this? I, I get from my from the stuff that I hear, let me just go from there because I don't know people's situation. They really have difficulty communicating with their ex about their children. Can is there and and I have a response, but I want to hear from a lawyer. I'm, I'm gonna say that I have my own personal response. Just but I want to know from you, like what can that other parent do when the other parent just honestly doesn't want to communicate? And it gets in the way of the children too. You, does that make sense? Like we got this plan. You, yeah. every, every other weekend, you're supposed to get my child every weekend or every other weekend or whatever the yeah. schedule is and you don't do it and you keep doing it. Is there anything that the other parent can do to get the other parent involved? Or is it something you just have no. to say? Okay. No. Um, I think that we all in every element of our lives have this illusion that we can control what another person does and we can't you know we cannot so you ask me can is there something you can do in terms of communication to force another person to be involved no there's not um that's a decision that they would have to make so I'm just going to use that example that you that you gave just to kind of address that because it's always so many different ways that you can address it. But when I look at someone who is not necessarily involved, what you can do as a as a parent, you can't make them be involved, but you can inform them so they can choose their level of involvement. Mm-hmm. Example. Graduation coming up this Friday at three o'clock. Um, the, the graduation tickets are here. You have a graduation ticket. If you would like to have some, let me know. And that's it. And I say that's it, like just like it's written. That's it. <laughs> right. Because you can't, you know, you can give them the information. You can tell them what level, you know, of, of the, the information that they need to know. Anything beyond that, you cannot control. Now, if they're going to show up Friday at 3 o'clock p.m. with their graduation ticket in hand, that's on them. But what you've done is say, now you have the information, do with it what you will. So you gave an example of parallel parenting, and I don't think anything's wrong with that. Because at the end of the day, as long as your children are safe, healthy, and in, in a um, environment where they're not receiving harm, then I think that there will always be some things that either parent does that the other person just doesn't agree with, right? Some people are like gluten-free and vegans, right? And some people are eating like every piece of the pig and <laughs> like, you know, bread and all types of stuff, right? Right. Ultimately, you're going to eat. Now, are you going to eat in the way that you think is for their diet and all this kind of stuff? No. But is there going to be sustenance? Is there going to be food? Yes. So in a lot of ways, sometimes you do have to look at it like that because maybe that other parent will never do things in the way that you do them. And they they probably won't because that's how you do them, right? And, And another side of that is, Sometimes they won't do it just to not do it like how you do it. Just to do that last little dig, you know. Yeah, yeah, just to be spiteful. And some people will continually be spiteful. But again, what you do is about moving people beyond that, you know. And it's about, to me, owning your own power and understanding the control that you have and the control that you don't have. So... Again, when it comes to those parenting situations, it would be lovely if people parented in just the most beautiful way ever. But that's not everybody's scenario. But you can give information. You can provide information. Now, if it's a safety issue, that's a completely different conversation. But if this is a situation where this person just don't do right, then they can have the information. And what they do with it is on them. Because with most parenting plans, what you are required to do 
is give the information. Mm. That's what I'm talking about. Control what you can and let go of what you can't. That's a that's a that's a really good power to walk in. Mm-hmm. Um and you and, and I had to do that. Um for, for those who are listening. I um I ain't gonna lie, I wanted to control it. <laughs> I did. And the best thing I did was release the control and just really focus on what I could do. Um, I agree. If you guys can have the the great co-parenting relationship, I, I'm an advocate for that. But I'm also an advocate for there are just some relationships that may not ever be that dy- have that dynamic. And so you have to do what is in your power. Um, and, and that's amazing. Um, and I can talk about parenting all day because that is such a struggle, um, which I believe will, I will eventually do another podcast just in that scope because there is so much conflict just with that you know, and the kids, and I hear it so much, and I know you get a mouthful of it, um, just being an attorney, and I know we're, we're wrapping up on time. Um, is there any last words you would like to say, Andrea? Yeah, um, first of all, again, thank you so much for having me on here. I love the work that you do. Thank um, you. I applaud the work that you do. I have, you know, directed people to you because I think that it's an important part of going through the divorce process or a co-parenting process or, you know, whatever issue you're dealing with in that regard. And what I really want the message for me, I would say, is just going back to control what you can control and understanding when you're out of your, when you're out of your reach, you know, there are people that can help you. There are people that have the skill level and ability to be able to help you and that is when you need to give them a call and I tell people you know all the time you don't have to do this you can't hire someone to be concerned about these things for you and so if you find yourself in that situation definitely reach out to an attorney reach out to a friend that knows an attorney so you can find someone to help you out in your legal situation yeah thank you thank you so much guys I know Drea is in the the Chicago area. And, um, you know, I wanted to see how can people, you know, even in that area can, can contact you or reach out to you. Like, you know, do you have any social media or anything that you, um, have that people can, can reach out to you or make an appointment with you if, if ever they're in need of, um, any services? Yeah, absolutely. I am licensed in Chicago. I'm I'm licensed in Illinois, but I'm located in Chicago, Illinois. Um, My practice is in Chicago, Illinois, so I practice primarily in the Chicago Lane area. If people want to reach out to me, they can give my office a call. Uh, The number is 312-981-0096, and um, someone will get your information, and I'll give you a call back. You can find me on socials. I'm on Instagram, Andrea M. Harvey ESQ. So on there, I share information. You can look back on um, many of my posts and you'll see information uh, about co-parenting tips, just legal tips and and good information that you can use as well as being on YouTube um, as Harvey Law Office. So those are the two places you can primarily find me. Again, even if you don't want to hire me as an attorney, I do have some information out there that you can use in your own particular situation, some little tidbits that I believe that could, that could be helpful to you. All right. Thank you so much, guys. Um, um, Drea, I really appreciate you. I'm going to put all your information in the show notes for everybody to um, follow her. I mean, just take advantage of the tips. Don't, don't sleep on any information um, that you need in this particular season of your life because we definitely want to be, um, we want to plan successfully. This may not be the plan that you signed up for. However, when taking or choosing this particular plan, we can't be casual. We have to be extremely intentional. And one of those things is to know what we need, um, no matter what we want to believe. Um, I'm definitely going to say for me, um, in the beginning, there were parts of me that was very stubborn because I wanted to do what I wanted to do. Um, And I was in my own way a lot. And that held me back more further than it did. And so, um, I really recommend that you you all humble yourselves because it is a humbling experience to know that if I can't do it, if I can't figure it out, be okay with it and ask for the help. Okay, if you can DIY that thing, do it. 
Okay, but if you know that that ain't what you can do, then let it go and, and hire someone that you trust that will help you through that process. So, Drea, thank you again so much. I love you, and I really appreciate everything you do and the work that you do. Um, and thank you all for listening, and I'll talk to you soon, Drea. Bye. Thank you for having me. Just a reminder for those who have been on my email list and who's been following me, I am having a five-day confidence challenge. Okay, and that challenge starts July the 6th. And the goal of that challenge is to start rebuilding the confidence that you need to move forward. You know, um, 50% of walking away, um, I'm sorry, 50% is walking away from the relationship. That's half the battle, but the other half is really how you deal with it. Okay, and when I get the DMs and the emails and the discovery calls from women who um, always says, I don't know who I am. I don't know how to build my confidence. I lost that confidence. This is a good challenge for you. Okay. And so if you know that you need that boost, if you know you need that help is free, you will be working with me for five days. And so I will put the link down in the show notes for you to join. So if you're listening to this podcast before July the 6th, please join because um, the doors will close um, midnight. Okay, on July the 6th. All right. So and also, if you are a person who is in need of coaching, where you're like, you know what, I, I, I need the accountability, I need more than five days, I, I need something that's going to put me in a better position mentally and emotionally, then schedule a discovery call with me. It does not cost you absolutely anything to schedule a call with me to see how I can help you. All right. So I will put the link down in, in the show notes as well. Also, if you're not following me on social media, please make sure that you do so. Okay, my Instagram and my Facebook is Miss Tanya Speaks. That's M-S-T-O-N-Y-A-S-P-E-A-K-S. All right, I have lives every Thursday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay, and I talk about everything that revolves around relationship recovery. So if you really want to just kind of see the different things that I talk about, please join and please be a part of that. All right, and also leave a review. Okay. I am working on getting my ratings up on my podcast. So if you know that this podcast has been very um, influential for you, then leave a review. All right. Um, you can go to my iTunes, you can go to iTunes or Google play or anywhere my, where my podcast is hosted to leave a review. And also the most important thing that you can do because you've listened to this podcast is share it with someone else. Okay. Um, because you know, sharing is caring, right? <laughs> but, you know, on a serious note, this is how we grow. Um, we grow by sharing um, information that we know can help change someone else's lives. Okay. Because again, our goal isn't to just simply survive. Our goal is to thrive. All right. So thank you all again to um, for joining me this week. I hope you all have a wonderful and amazing day. And I will see you next time.